0: Visit OpenBibleNJ.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: Good morning. see each and every one of you this morning. Take your Bible, if you would, and turn to the Old Testament, the book of Daniel. As you turn there, I want to thank our pastor for the opportunity. Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 2, and for the opportunity to be able to preach this morning, be able to open up the Word of God. Thankful for any opportunity to do so. Thankful for our pastor that speaks every week and feeds us from the Word of God each and every week. Thankful for that and also the way that he pours and invests in the lives of others. And then even for an opportunity like today for men like myself to be able to preach and speak and open up the Word of God. It's a privilege. It's an honor. And I thank the the Lord for it. Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. If you would, find your place there, Daniel chapter 2, look at verse 17, Daniel 2 verse 17, see what the Word of God has for us this morning. we will speak to you on this topic, making it known. You'll see these words in Daniel 2, especially verse 17, and then in, in verse 23, you'll pick up those words as well again. I hope you'll notice them, maybe highlight them, maybe underline them, and this is where this comes from this morning, Daniel chapter 2 verse 17. I trust you're there with me. Verse 17 reads this way, Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Notice what Daniel does. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. We can say that, can't we? Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removeth the kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. I thank Thee and praise Thee, O Thou God of my fathers, who hast given me wisdom and might. Notice, please, these words, and has made known unto me now what we desire of Thee, for Thou hast now made known unto us the King's matter. Do you see the picture this morning on the, on the screen? It's been said this. You can look at the forest or you look at the trees. Oh! can't see the forest because of the trees heard that statement maybe before i want to say to you this morning that god desires to make things known to us more than we could ever imagine or dream or want and desire ourselves but i don't know about you this morning but i want god to make some things known to me i'm asking god to make some things known to me are you asking god to make things known to you and your life and what god has for you we're not careful. I I sure don't want to take God for granted. And I sure want to know what God wants for me today and tomorrow and the rest of my life. And it takes one day at a time, doesn't it? And it's been said that that you can't see the forest because of the trees, but God wants things to be made known to to us. And Daniel knew that God wanted some things known to him, and he trusted God in an interesting time in his life. Daniel chapter 1, He's around 19 years of age. In Daniel chapter 2, where we just read, he's around 22. 22 years of age. Can you imagine Daniel this way? He's one of Israel's finest. He's intellectually brilliant. He's considered at the top of his class. Maybe Laney would be considered the president of the class, right? And so this morning, Daniel has everything to live for. I mean, life is in front of him. His future, he's only 22, and his future is before him. But then came a detour. Have you experienced some detours in your life? And for Daniel, the detour is Babylon. And Daniel is surrounded up and rounded up by Nebuchadnezzar and, and his agents, if I may. And he's hauled off to Babylon as a prisoner of war. Just what you want at the age of 22. Not really, not at any age, really. But can you imagine... Daniel, I mean, his plans have took a major unexpected turn. By all appearance, it looks like Daniel's plans are thrown away. If I may, maybe Daniel had the thought that his plans were trashed. But God knew more for Daniel and had some plans for Daniel. Daniel's taken from his home. He's carried into a strange land to become the servant of a strange king and worship strange gods if he chooses to do so now the king is going to do so nebuchadnezzar and i would say this if daniel had any right to be bitter he has a right to be bitter i want to show you this morning right from the beginning here he chose better he chose better than than bitter by the way you and i have that choice with anything that comes into our life we'll either choose to be better or we'll choose to be bitter And by the way, what you do with that is going to determine a lot for your life. What I do with that is going to determine a lot for my life. And depending on to the degree of what is coming to our life, sometimes it's easier to choose bitter, and it's very hard and difficult to choose better. Can I show you this morning, right from the beginning here, Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Jump back to chapter 1, if you would, with me. These are some highlight verses, and you're probably already familiar with them, but Preferably we remind you of these things. Because Daniel is kindly going to make it known. Make it known who he's with and what he's about. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. You know what Daniel realized? Daniel realized no one could defile himself but himself. Did you catch that? Did you hear that? No one can defile himself but himself. Because Daniel is choosing better in his convictions over compromise. And you and I will be faced with this decision. You'll be faced with this decision more than likely tomorrow when you go to work. You'll be faced with this decision maybe already in places that you frequent. And you will either go with Bible-based convictions, like Daniel did here, or you'll compromise. And Daniel 1, eight, he does not defile himself. He's not going to defile himself. I don't know, maybe Daniel had a little talk with himself. You ever talk to yourself? Please, please don't leave me hanging on that. <laughs> but Daniel talked to himself, most likely. and Maybe he said something like this, let others do and say what they want and what they think and what they like but I'm not going to define myself purpose in my heart I'm not going to define myself on earth can't you hear the other people around him saying maybe some other things the, the other guys you know the, the guy talk that is, is being said hey Daniel you're going to rock Nebuchadnezzar's boat Daniel don't you realize who, who Nebuchadnezzar is and Daniel don't mess this up man if you mess this up, you're going to have a short life with that man, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar didn't play. Nebuchadnezzar, he's a king. Nebuchadnezzar, all jokes aside, but Nebuchadnezzar was, was really serious about what he wanted these men. Matter of fact, he changed their name, he changed their clothing, and he's trying to change their food. And he's, he's making the changes to get them to change. And be careful with that. On earth, you can see, you can see these things And maybe these guys said this, Hey, Daniel, it's only a ritual. Daniel, it's no big deal. What's your problem, man? See, Daniel wasn't living for earth. He was living for heaven. See, Daniel was living for God. And in heaven, can't you hear God saying something like this to the angels about Daniel? Watch that young man. He's going to go places. Hey, Daniel, stand by your convictions. Hey Daniel, you're a man I can trust. For Daniel, it has been so much easier to conform, to compromise. I want to ask you this morning, Daniel 1.8, let's take Daniel's name out. Let's put your name in. Can we put your name in? Can you put my name in? We're getting real serious now. This is the question of whether or not we put your name in, but... Your name. Purpose in their heart that they would not defile themselves. I don't know what it is. I don't know what you're faced with. But I know this that God gave us a precious word of God. It's wonderful. And this, this story is not just a story, it's a biblical account of Daniel for us to see and glean and grasp and gather what God has for us in this in such a way that maybe, just maybe, like Daniel, I can, you know, you heard the song Dare to Be Daniel. Maybe I can follow the Bible-based convictions like Daniel followed God and not compromise in whatever way it might be. With that purpose firm, he stood alone. Daniel, secondly, chose better with his spirit as he stood. Have you ever been around somebody, and as they stand, they just have an attitude? It's almost as if the stand is now taken away with their sour attitude. Not for Daniel. Daniel chapter 6. Would you turn over there with me? Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. These are highlight verses. We're just touching on them. We're going somewhere. Prayerfully be a help and some practical steps be given to you in a little bit here. But Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. I don't know about you, but this verse, I feel it's one of the most amazing statements in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because, why, an excellent spirit was in him. An excellent spirit. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. You mean this same Daniel that is not compromising, he's going with his convictions, you mean he's got a good attitude? You mean that's possible? To stand? Yeah, you can stand. You don't have to put a foot down. Nebuchadnezzar is going to go about a way of force and a way of, if you're not going to do this, I'm going to take off your head and I'm going to kill you. As a matter of fact, it's going to get all the wise men. I'm going to kill them all. The same guys that he counted on for them to tell him his dreams. Now he says, get rid of them. Be careful because you can choose to be Nebuchadnezzar or you can choose to be Daniel. And the difference between Nebuchadnezzar, yes, he, he didn't fear God. He didn't have God in his life. And he didn't have faith in his life. But Daniel, just because he had the fear of God and the faith in his life doesn't mean that he, he took a stand and I'm going to take a stand whether anyone else cares or not, my way or the highway. No, 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 that's not what God had in mind. By the way, it's not what God has in mind for you or I either. At the workplace, out in this community. He wants us to take a stand, but we've got to be very careful about our spirit in the stand. I'm preaching to myself. Because it's awful easy to, I'm going to stand, I'm going to stand alone, I'm going to be dare to be Daniel. Wait a second. I better check my spirit. I better check my attitude. And I better check whether it's an excellent spirit. That's a big difference. Oh, we can have a spirit. But what about an excellent spirit? That's a game changer. That's a big difference than just having an attitude. And so, here's the thing, an excellent spirit was in him. One of the most obvious examples of this in Scripture of an excellent spirit is, is Daniel, I believe. He's in turmoil, he's in stress, and you know the spirit you and I have really makes a difference for our day. Have you come to realize that you don't have control over your day? Please, don't leave me hanging again on this. But I don't know if you've come to realize that you don't have as much control as we think we do of our day, but you know it's something we can control? It's our spirit. It's our attitude of the day. You know, the, the, the old adage is this, well, they, man, they woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Well, you can tell they woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Please go back to bed and wake up again and, and get a better attitude. Hopefully no one's told you that personally. But here's the thing, it's, it does start in the morning. It does start in the morning, and it takes work to have an excellent spirit. And I haven't arrived in this, and I'm working at it. And I don't know about you, but if you're honest, you have to work at it. And we all have to work at it. And this takes effort and work to have an excellent spirit? Wow. An excellent spirit. And maybe we just do well to start off with a prayer. Lord, help me to rejoice in today. No matter what today is, no matter what it holds, and the fact that you made this day. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And the opportunities, yes, God, that you've given to me today, whatever those might be, or I'm faced with this and this difficulty and this challenge and this struggle, God, you gave me this day and I'm still breathing. I still have life. And God, you have a purpose for me, like Daniel. And, And God, I know you haven't changed. Your unchanging attributes, dear Lord God, help me to reflect those in my life. Because I want to show Jesus and have that spirit and attitude that reflects you, and you alone. Do you know this? A right spirit is a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, somebody has a right spirit—that's a saved believer and a Christian. And they call themselves a Christian. It's because they have a right spirit, not just because they're working hard at it. And man, I'm, I'm I'm getting my spirit going with the right spirit here. I got—I'm working on it. No, it's the Holy Spirit gives you the right spirit. Remember the first martyr, Stephen? He was a man with the right kind of spirit. He's a martyr. I was reminded this week of in speaking with someone, I showed them the book actually, the Fox's Book of Martyrs. And my what a what a test of, of their faith that was put to the test, every one of those individuals. And that's not an easy read. It's a difficult read. But it's something to be reminded of, but let's let's re- be reminded of Stephen, the first martyr. He's a man with the right kind of spirit. Notice it says this in Acts six. I'll read it to you. It says, "And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. He had the right spirit. See your and I spirit can trump anything. Catch this, please. A right spirit had is because you are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the only way it can happen. Daniel didn't have it all going for him just and so he had the right spirit no he's being tested in his faith he's being tested when he doesn't know the answer the outcome you know you and i know the rest of the story the lion's den and what happened with nebuchadnezzar and what happened with darius and king darius and, and the book of daniel it's a wonderful book but we know the whole story because we're reading it daniel did not know that when he was going into lion's den we know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego those guys that got their name changed in Daniel 1 and we just read about and how they go into the fiery furnace and they see like an angel but we know the story those guys had to take a stand for their faith and be tested before that happened they didn't know the outcome neither do you and I and so we got to be reminded of this the right spirit had is because you're filled with the Holy Spirit Daniel's tested He's not going to defile himself. He's going to have an excellent spirit. And I say a rejoicing Christian is one of the best advertisements for God. The happiest people on this planet, yes, earth, even though we have all kinds of news of other travels to other planets, but on this planet earth, the happiest people should be Christians to be Christians on this planet. We have so much going for us. We have Jesus. I just had to think when I was studying Daniel, I had to think, I wonder what my spirit would have been like if as a teenager I was taken, was abducted from my home, invaded in my space, conquerors, enemy, taken advantage over to another strange land, no clue whether I would have a right spirit, serve, live in a foreign country, have a king, if I may, a president like Nebuchadnezzar. If I would have had a right spirit, if I would have an excellent spirit. And you know our spirit gets tested when we are tested. That's where it reveals. How did Daniel do this? How was he making known? What was Daniel doing? Nebuchadnezzar was making some things known. Let's just briefly look at him. And Nebuchadnezzar is not the, the focal point, but we must know a little bit about him to understand the background of this, of this biblical story. And in verse 1 of chapter 2, would you turn back there with me to Daniel 2 and verse 1? And keep in mind, Daniel's in the middle of all this. I mean, he's right in the mix of it. Daniel chapter two verse one it says this And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams, not just one dream, but multiple dreams, wherewith his spirit was troubled, and his sleep break from him. Nebuchadnezzar the king, not sleeping well. It's one thing to have dreams, it's another thing to make everybody else miserable because you have those dreams. (laughs) I'm reminded of a teacher standing before a class and she said, all right, children, what's your biggest fear? And she's teaching five or six-year-olds. And so Tom, age five over here, he says, snakes. And then he goes to, she goes over to Emily. Emily says, lions. And the next person doesn't say bears. But Stanley says at age five, he says, my biggest fear is the unbelievable, now, as a five-year-old saying this, Senselessness of life, and that we will all die a terrible death in our nightmares. Then she goes to Lily. Lily, she's age six. What's your biggest fear? Stanley! <laughs> <laughs> and Nebuchadnezzar is having all these dreams, and they're bothering him. And he's going to cause trouble for everybody else with these dreams. And I say this, what angers you, controls you. Better be careful with with kind of the checkup on that. What anger you, controls you. Nebuchadnezzar, verse 2, look what happens. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Well, this is different. These guys are used to interpreting the dreams, but not saying what the dream is and then having to interpret that dream. Anybody can interpret dreams. You tell me your dream, I'll, I'll try to tell you an interpretation to that dream. No, Nebuchadnezzar is, is saying, no, you tell me my dream, I forgot my dream. It's almost unreasonable requirement, isn't it? It's it's almost The biggest challenge that they faced, and it is a challenge, is sometimes it's a challenge just going through life, and we can try to interpret things on our own, but we must be very careful not to interpret things on our own. And you'll see what Daniel does. Daniel's going to be set apart. It'll it'll look a lot different than these other guys, and it's getting real serious real fast. Look at verse 5. It gets real serious. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me, if ye will not... Those are some strong words. If ye will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces. Goodness, this guy is no joke. And your houses shall be made a dumb hill. I'm not going to try to describe any of that to you. That's enough description. But verse 9, this guy doesn't change his, his language. Verse 9... But if ye will not make known unto me, if ye will not, if ye will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you, for ye have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me. Nebuchadnezzar, are you counting on these guys to help you? Because it sure doesn't sound like it. Till the time be changed, therefore tell me the dream, and I shall know that ye can show me the interpretation thereof. Sorry to tell you, but it gets worse. Verse 13, are you with me? Verse 13 of Daniel chapter 2. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Now it's real. And it's not good. Daniel's in the middle of it. Daniel's name is not just thrown into Scripture. No, he's one of the chosen ones to be slain and and to be killed and to be taken out and, and no longer depended upon He's a wise man, but Nebuchadnezzar is furious. Nebuchadnezzar is without God. That's the biggest thing missing in his life is he does not have God. We must remind ourselves this morning there's times where we're around people workplace or throughout the week people are without God. So they get angry, they get upset, they get furious. They they have the attitude. You expect them to to be a Christian, they don't have God. They don't have Christ. But the difference should be us that have Christian to our name and to our being. And so it's almost like Nebuchadnezzar, if I may, is almost like he's trying to be God. He's trying to control the situation. We've got to be careful about that as well. We don't want to try to control the situation. How often can your hand go up? Everything go up and say, man, I try to control the situation. But I realize that God's in control more than I can try to control. And so, the one and only true God is not the way Nebuchadnezzar is, is acting because he doesn't have God. This is what God is like. God says in Exodus, He's merciful and gracious. He's long-suffering. He's abundant in goodness and truth. Psalms, it says, He's compassionate. He's slow to anger. He's of great mercy. The Lord is good to all. His tender mercies are for all His works. You know, it's of the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. His compassions fail not. And I believe this, there's a difference between us trying to make things happen and letting God make it known. We've got to be so careful with all this. Verse 12, you see, an angry man. For this cause the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. Well, it didn't take much for Nebuchadnezzar to be at odds with the people, did he? Did it? Can I remind you this? This is the way the devil works. And it's not just with the unsaved. We see that prevalent. But John 13, Jesus reminds us, it says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Where love is thick, faults are thin. Did you catch that? love one to another but daniel's steps are so different than nebuchadnezzar i want to get to daniel enough of nebuchadnezzar he's he's a mad man he's a mean man but he's a man without god and we find ourselves around people that don't have god but let's be different if i may let's dare to be a daniel daniel is making it known in a total opposite way and let's see the steps that he took I want to just brief on these and mention these to you. I hope maybe you'll make note of these. But look at Daniel's steps to making it known. Making it known. And it becomes known to him of what God wants to show him. And it takes these steps. These and, and maybe others, but at least these steps we see in Daniel's life's life. Verse 14 of Daniel chapter 2. How does Daniel respond to all this? Are you, are you in the middle of this story? Are you Are you with me this morning in a way that That Daniel is is being sought to be slain. He's he's got a death threat on him. His life is not looking good. But look at what Daniel does. Then Daniel answered with counsel, verse 14, and wisdom to Ariok, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. You know what Daniel's doing? He's seeking truth, he's going to the true source. Notice what Daniel does in verse 15. He answered and said to Eric, the the king's captain, why? It's a great question to ask. Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Eric made the thing known. Made the thing known. There's those words again. Made the thing known to Daniel. You know what Daniel's doing? He's going right to the source of the guy that's supposed to kill him. That has the, the Command and, and really given the orders to take him out. And he says, What's going on with the king? Why is he so hasty? We would do well to go to the source. We would do, do well to go to the true source, Jesus Christ. We would do well sometimes in our own life to go to the source, each other, and ask this question, Why? You say, That's a simple question. It's a simple question, but if you go to the right person and you go to the right source, you'll get the right answer. And you might find there's really reason when you go to the right source of what someone is doing or someone has done if you go to the true source. Because if you go to the wrong source, not being Jesus Christ, you're not going to find the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father, but through Him, if you go to the wrong source, each other, not the true source, you might have a different story. And you might have a different interpretation. And you might be dreaming dreams, but they might not be good dreams. And so we've got to go to the source, the true source. See, Psalm says this, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. You know what Daniel's doing? Daniel's after saving lives. Nebuchadnezzar, destroying lives. Reminds you of this second step I see of Daniel. Verse 16. He asks for time. So take time to make a decision. This is what Daniel's doing. This is how it becomes known to Daniel. We know the rest of the story, but how did it happen? Well, this is the kind of the play out. This is the steps of how it came to be. Take time to make the decision. Verse 16 it says, "Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time. Give him time." You know, we need time. To make decisions. I'm glad I was raised in a family where my dad said any major decision and kind of put an amount on it financially, sleep on it. Take time. Think on it. Give it some days. But Daniel's not asking just for time, just to have time. Oh, that's a good thing to have. We need time to make decisions, especially the more major decision, the bigger decision they are, do you take time with it and not rush into it and be hasty like the king Daniel's asking for time. And this says, verse 17, why though? Then Daniel went into his house and made the thing known. Why is he asking for time? Well, really, it's the third step. So not only do we have the taking time, and and really, now now he's asked for the time, but what is he going to do with it? you just want time? No, he wants time to seek God's will. The third step, to thirst for God's will. What's he going to do? Verse 18, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret. How is it made known to Daniel? Well, the same way it could be made known to you and I. The same way that things can be made known. Seek the true source, Jesus Christ. Seek the true source. Maybe it's one another. Maybe it's someone else that you you think you have the story, but you might need to go to the true source to really ask the question why. You might find more reason than what it really is there might be understandable more. And then you might need to take some time. You say, well, God's working on me. He's let patience have its perfect work. He's he's really taking that time with me. But can I ask you, are you taking time with God? Because this is what Daniel's asking for, not just for time, but for time so he can go to God, so he can get a a private place, and so he can go separate from this scenario that's playing out, and it looks big, and it's massive, it's huge. Matter of fact, it is life-changing. Life-altering. And for Daniel, picture with me this. He's a young man. His life has taken some drastic, radical changes and detours along the way. I mean, he's not where he wants to be in Babylon, but but he now is doing the right thing still. And so take time to to do what? Well, he's going to pray. See, every decision needs to be a prayer decision. Every matter we have come into our life needs to be a prayer matter. But look at what he does. He, he prays about it. And I love his prayer here. Look, at, it starts to you start to see it revealed in verse 18, that they would desire mercy to the God of heaven concerning the secret that Daniel and his fellows should not perish. He's just being real with God. Are you real with God? Many times in your life where you just, man, I'm just real with you, God? God, if there's anybody I can talk to about this. And sometimes it's just utterings. Aren't you thankful that those utterings he can... Translate. And Daniel's saying, I don't want to perish. And he doesn't just say, God, I I don't I I don't want to perish. No, we don't we don't want to perish. That they should not perish. I asked you this morning, Christians are not to go to heaven alone. We're not. It's not heaven's just not meant for me, you and a few others. True Christians don't want to go to heaven alone. They talk to other people. They don't want anyone to perish. And so it's, it's critical that we not only just pray, that we talk to God about, God, this is my neighbor. God, this is, this is my coworker. God, this is my friend. That they should not perish. That they should not perish. And I start praying that prayer. Then when given opportunity, most likely I'm going to take the opportunity to share the gospel. And Daniel's saying, God, we don't want to perish. And I get it that it's a physical deal that he's making here, but that they should not perish. He does have a walk with God. And a walk with God so much so that he's concerned about they. They. I don't know, Williamstown. I mean, on and on the, the towns go, wherever you live. And they should not perish. But it starts with Daniel had a prayer life personally first. There's no question that Daniel had a prayer life. We know this, and there's no question about it. Verse 19, no wonder, no surprise. It's really not a secret. God's revealed the secret to us already. This is what happened. The secret's revealed. Verse 19, unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel, what did he do? I'm a wise man. I got the secret, guys. No, it says immediately he blessed the God of heaven. I don't know about you. But it'd be very tempting. That was that wise, which I'm not. They'd left me hanging again. <laughs> Just joking. But here's the thing. If the secret had come to me, it would be very hard to not say, Oh gosh, you don't know the secret? I do. I know the secret, and I'll tell you if and what I don't know. What kind of deal we made, whatever. Not Daniel. Daniel, no wonder God revealed it to him because he went the right steps. He sought the true source, and he asked the right question, and then he asked for time, please give me time so that I can take that time and have time with God and personally seek God out and have God's will for my life and for the life of these people that we not perish. And so much so that it's revealed to him, but he doesn't say, well, thank you, God, I know you met with me in private, so now I'm going to say, well... Let me tell you guys, let me give you the inside scoop. No, he's immediately blessing the God of heaven. He knows where it came from. And because he knows where it came from, he gives the credit back to where it came from. And that's what's key. You and I do this with, with what God has gifted to us. Because your talents, your gifts, my gifts, talents, they're all from God. My breath, my, my life, me even having the privilege of honor to be up here this morning. It's all from God. It's from God, and it's all because of God. And so we must say, it's all God. And we must go about saying, I thank Thee, verse 23, and I praise Thee, O God and my fathers. Thou hast made this known to me. And I love the word now. And that word now is is critical because God uses that word in other places. And one of the verses that very much comes to my mind is this. 2 Corinthians 6, 2, it says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I don't know about you this morning, maybe you want to have some things known to you. God, would you please make these things known to me? I really want to follow your will. I I desire that these things be made known. And you've got to be at peace with the fact that you continue to go to the true source. and He might never make those things known to you on this earth, but you will know one day in heaven, whatever it might be. Maybe this morning you need to choose better in convictions over compromise. Maybe you need to choose better with the Spirit. I know I could say, I I need to work at this. Spirit as I stand, or Spirit as you stand. Because we need to stand, but we need to have the right spirit about it. Maybe you need to follow Daniel's steps. Sure don't want to be Nebuchadnezzar. Don't have God and evidence of the fact that he did not have God. But there should be evidences of the fact that we do have God. I'm going to seek the truth. It might be going to someone else and asking that question, why, how come, how come this happened? Is this true? And definitely need to see God, the true source. And then take those steps to, to take some time, make a decision. And really that time you're asking for because you want more time with God. And I want to spend some precious, special time with God and me and God alone in that closet, that prayer closet, that private place that you have. That's what Daniel had. You remember the windows open three times? That place. There's no question Daniel had a prayer life. There's no wonder Daniel was revealed the secret. But we just know the rest of the story. Daniel didn't know the rest of the story. And this is how he came to the rest of the story. This is how it came to be.
0: Thanks again for watching us online today.